to the Sprocket Podcast, where we're simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today, the end of infrastructure. The end. <laughs> it's over. It's over. We have <laughs> Peter Kuntz here with us in the studio today. Peter, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll be uh, not talking about uh, <laughs> smart infrastructure today, um, and mostly just concentrating on on your trip to Delft. Yeah, not Amsterdam, as I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, close to Amsterdam, relative to many other things in the world. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, closer than Portland, right? <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so, geography lesson to follow. Uh, uh, but first, uh, how you been, Guthrie? What's um, going on? Not too much. It's been, yeah, a pretty hot week out there. Um, been working on some projects and think I finally have enough of them done that I'm looking for taking a bike overnight with Jane tomorrow. So, Yay. it should be pretty fun. Where are you guys going? Uh, we might head to the Gorge or possibly do one of our like all-time favorites, which would be the banks Renonia Trail. Um, never turn down some good rails to trails when you have it yeah. nearby. Yeah. Stub Stewart, man. Yeah, Stub hard Stewart. To, hard to pass up. Take that surly, throw it down a <laughs> single track, <laughs> hope you make it to the bottom, and then go have some tater tots and JoJo's in uh, Vernonia. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Stub Stewart, what do you, where's your camp in uh, the gorge? What's your favorite camp? Uh, we don't really have a favorite mainly because most of them are right next to the rail line so i'd say if you have to make a trade-off uh at least if you make it to cascade locks you're getting some beer at the end of the day right um with thunder island brewing company but we might I, i'm trying to remember if it's ainsworth state park the one that's just a little bit prior to that yes. um so we might we might try Wait, for that is it ainsworth or is it, it eagle creek eagle creek yeah i think yeah there's also a campsite at eagle creek i've always just done day hiking there um okay but yeah, Ainsworth or Eagle Creek, we could give a give a try too. Those might be far enough off the railroad track. Um, but yeah, we're I think we're we're still undecided, so we'll we'll figure it out tomorrow. <laughs> you made that mistake very, once. Very loose planning. We, end, we end up camping right next to the railroad oh, yeah. track. Yep. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you hear stories about the oil trains, right? And they just went. It seemed like all night long. Oh my gosh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all like we were going to run over every hour. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. If you ever have that nightmare that you're like running from a train and then it's coming to get you, probably want to avoid the campsite at Cascade <laughs> or uh, Cascade Locks there. It's it's a little bit interesting. Although um, I'd heard that, and I haven't verified this, there are some um, spaces available in the parkway. So aside from the campsite, if you go out towards the water side of things, there's a couple of picnic tables along some constructed um platforms and i've heard that it's okay to sleep there if you're doing like a bike trip again really? not verified right but i might give it a try <laughs> if we're out there in that area next time here did you ever do the west side of the gorge west side or not sorry not the west side of the gorge the the north side, north side. of the gorge. oh um no i've had some friends who've used it to sort of head up towards adams and mm -hmm. around that area um i've done a lot of white rider rafting just out of white salmon but um Mostly have just biked on the, the south side there, although I definitely do the north side. It seems like a pretty, I mean, relatively speaking, pretty good yeah. path. Yeah, I like... It's just so hard to pass up the south side when it's actually... It's bike, right there. It, and yeah. it's bike connected these days. I oh, mean, there's yeah. Not, there's not too much you have to do in that, in that sort of heart of the corridor to um, not have to avoid the roadways. 
That's true. Like, um, it's still just uh, the Evergreen Highway over there. Yep. Right? Yep. That's so correct. You're, you're sharing that. There are yeah, a couple sure of those be. tunnels. Yeah, the yes. tunnels can be fun. <laughs> you, have to, you have to be brave to go yeah. through those tunnels. And they, have, they even have push buttons. Speaking of yep. smart infrastructure, you hit right. the button. <laughs> and, a, you know, the beacon's going to be flashing for a while. And you just have to hope that helps because yep. you're in those tunnels. So it's kind of like beat the clock. <laughs> or uh, or flip a coin or, or or pick your story ending or <laughs> I did that last year. I came in after a weekend and the family was staying out there and I came in and, and kept going all the way in and then crowd over on the bridge of the gods and um that section there were a couple of spots where it was uh I you know, I was questioning my sanity a little bit <laughs> uh, and the route planning. Uh, but feel- it you know, it's it's the log trucks don't pick up too early in the morning so Mm -hmm. it's those log trucks though man it's it's tricky it's tricky when they're barreling down on you i bet for sure that um reminds me of my first bike trip i ever took which was heading out of forest grove on the west side of portland up to um the ferry terminal for alaska and uh just out of vernonia so to vernonia on that trail i'll say is excellent but past vernonia not so much uh it turns into log truck territory pretty quickly there and while is honest, it paved or gravel? Uh, it's paved, but there's basically no shoulder. And those uh. folks know the road like the back of their hand. And um, you're just something to avoid is, <laughs> is kind of the feeling that I got. But um, I almost got run off the road a few times on my way between St. Helens and Vernonia. But, um, yeah, I guess I'd say it was uh, trial by fire. I'm sure. still here, so it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done at least one time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there's another tunnel have you ridden on the oregon coast just south of um yahats there i don't think that section or uh, cycle okay. oregon did a uh, a, a bit of okay that. i'm just trying to think of t- push button tunnels i know of in oregon yeah here. no that's a thing that uh we have done as traffic engineers and it's uh you know i think that's something that you there is risk there and you have mm-hmm. to hope that you're by providing some warning you're providing a little bit of level of safety sure. that you don't have otherwise yeah Definitely. When Anna and I biked up to Diamond Head in Hawaii, there mm. there was a tunnel, um, <clears throat> and it's two way traffic with a separated pedestrian mm-hmm. uh, walkway, so relatively safe. But there was this sort of uh, decision that we had to make: mm-hmm. do we take the pedestrian pathway, which is pretty narrow, like maybe two people abreast mm-hmm. could walk. So then, you know, you run into the fact that, like, well, we're going much faster than a, than someone walking. Uh, but do we take the the lane, the traffic lane, and then we're, you know, it's a it's a tourist destination. So we're like holding up tourist buses uh, and, and okay. whatnot. But we took the lane, and it wasn't too bad. It was it was when like, you got out. Did it feel like that was that was the right decision there? Versus, um, versus the alternative on the way down definitely okay. on the way up i don't know i still go back and, and <laughs> i'm like well maybe we should have just walked it yeah you gotta yeah. figure though the yeah. tourist bus operators they don't they if they run into you there there's a lot of witnesses <laughs> that's yep. true yeah that true. log truck that driver true. you know it's 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 a little more different predicament right so i think i think with the tour bus and then the, all everybody behind the tour bus 
they think it's the tour bus. It's not you. It's the tour bus that's so slow. Mm. So that's you're right. okay. You're like, like, <laughs> they can't like a blocker for you. You try, to, yeah. you try to play it off. You pull over to the side and just be like, hey, no, you're pointing, pointing at the tour bus. <laughs> yeah. It's those guys. It's those guys over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah darn, no, I, I, tour could, bus. I could see what you're saying with the regulations there. I know at least for um, when I was working up a little closer to that industry, the amount of things that you have to keep track of as a bus driver is actually pretty ridiculous. Um, and for a good reason. But things as simple as making sure to put the steps tool down as you exit your bus before anybody else comes down. You for, you forget at one time, there's a fractured hip. So uh, like, yes. um, there's a lot of <laughs> precaution that those folks take, and, and they do have to actually pay a very good amount of attention. Well, they may have cameras as well. So that's one of the things that, you mm. know, if, mm. you, if there's a record of it, they're going to have to release that record. And if they've done something wrong, it's, yep. uh, it's good for, it's, Indeed. you know, it, it's... May not may not make that uh, pain go away, but mm-hmm. at least it's uh, there's record of it. Speaking of um, also tunnels, um, there are some really fantastic tunnels in Iceland, which will give you a run for your money. Where you've got sections up to like ten or fifteen kilometers, and what? Yeah, like single lane tunnels where you know, up, especially in the north part of the island, um, that was something that we were like had known about. Where but but driving through it is just an entirely like apart experience from anything you'd see infrastructure wise in the u.s where it's a single lane and then every um you know 200 meters to 500 meters as a pullout and so depending on the direction your oncoming traffic pulls out but what what is um interesting is is that interaction and the relationship between you going and directly oncoming to somebody and then just kind of trusting that they're going to do that when that when it's time and then you find yourself kind of second guessing after you go past your last pullout, and you're like, "Oh, oh are are they on their last pullout? Or do they have one more? Because this could get a little bit awkward here." Um, but yeah, really interesting. Where basically some parts, like up in the fjord parts um, of the northern section of the islands, the communities used to have to drive all the way back to Ring Road, drive all the way over, and so it'd be about an eight-hour journey to right. go 15 kilometers. And then you know, back in the 70s or the 80s, they finally punch this tunnel through, and it takes 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, pretty pretty inf- interesting infrastructure there as well. Oh, that's nuts. I mean, if you think about it, it's. Uh, I was going to ask you first if it was an ice tunnel. Uh, uh, it was uh, covered in ice. It wasn't an ice tunnel. <laughs> Although there are some of those up there as well. Um, when we went, the highlands were relatively closed off to access, so we could have um, like gone on a special trip out there. But we were, uh, yeah, often and, and just more enjoying the hiking aspect of the things. Uh, so yeah, ice tunnels. The most excellent, but you know what? Honestly, regular tunnels, those are pretty in- exciting as well, so I think we got our fill of tunnels there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's not at the end of a tunnel, or in a tunnel, or having to go through a tunnel to get to? The beer mongers? On Southeast Division and 12th, no tunnels to be found. No tunnels. But always a seat for you. Excellent. Speaking of, uh, we have some wonderful beverages here from the beer mongers. Today, I'm drinking the Zitron Lemon Rattler by Stiegel. Yes. And it's quite good. If you've not had it or if you're f- more familiar with their um, regular fare, I would definitely recommend giving the lemon a try if you're a fan. Um, I am drinking the Raspberry Harvest from Lionheart. And they, they totally they totally changed up their bottling. It's now like this kind of like stubby bottle <laughs> and and glass. Well, I guess it was always glass. People would refer to that what as a as a grenade or. I've always style. referred to it as as a stubby. Okay. Um, I I don't know. That might be like a midwestern like colloquialism. Um, 
but still like the same. I, can see I think it's still like 16 ounces. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep, 16 ounces. Um, but yeah, different bottle shape, different label too. Like different. They're taste. doing this whole like Art Nouveau style of labeling. No, it tastes. Oh, the okay. Same. <laughs> it's well, still that's same that's, great product. That's brand new label. <laughs> that's right. New look, same product. <laughs> new look, new product. Wait, what? Oh no. <laughs> Where is this all going wrong? And what do you have? There, I sir? have a little uh, Dirty Bird uh, Northwest IPA from uh, Pelican Brewing. Pelican. Who is one of my favorites. Nice. And uh, I pr- appreciate the beer mongers with the, uh, uh, being open 365 days a year and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and giving us these uh, fine beverages. Yes. And yeah. speaking of the beer mongers, I'm going to jump ahead to a headline. Well, here. just before you do that, the oh, tunnel, yes. you know, the tunnel, if, if – uh, Vera Katz had her way. Oh, you know, yeah. the there would be a tunnel. There yeah. would be a tunnel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it'd be around, or maybe they just moved it over to twelfth, mm-hmm. and that that would be sad because that could have affected the beer mongers. That's so. right. Yeah. yeah, there would not be able to be a building. There. They would have no, been the, probably the freeway back. mongers. It'd probably turned back before that, but. Uh, <laughs> I was so just thinking of that. that was the, was the plan tunnel. for the East Bank Esplanade to go on 12th, or are you talking to move the freeway over? Move the freeway. Okay. So I was at Benson High School at the time when I was a, a young high schooler, and there was talk early on about yeah, the freeway could be, uh, well, maybe not that early on, actually. Mm-hmm. It was a little later, but it was. I was thinking as an alumni, yeah, it would be nice to have the freeway right outside the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think the moral of the story is there's no good place for a freeway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe buried. I don't know, but it's yeah. uh, it's hard to hard to hard to figure out. Oh yeah, I'd love that outside my front door. It's nice. <laughs> could take the uh, Seattle approach. Go for a good old twenty year plan. You know, uh, it worked for Boston. Yep, uh, yep. A little, oh, the a big dig. Yeah. yeah, a little more expensive. <laughs> but you know, talking about smart infrastructure. Yeah, uh, that investment. You know, it's uh, really uh, playing the long game. Uh, oh, it's uh, definitely a long game. It's uh, yeah. but uh, you know, that's 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 the kind of smart thinking that uh, sometimes you need. Indeed. Well, you know what. If we don't get it sorted out by then, Elon Musk, I'm sure, has already vouched for coming along with his smart tunnel idea. Yeah, he, he got verbal approval. Which he did. That's all you need, right? That's all you need. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter though had a uh, they, they they found out the secret uh, boring machine was the uh, was the gopher from Caddyshack. <laughs> right. Oh, I, like I, I thought that. that was good. I saw that. <laughs> I thought that was you know that's, uh, I could get uh, behind that. All you have to do is now have a, Bill Murray chase that I can guy support. Around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. So good. Well, speaking of the beer mongers. Again, uh, <laughs> um, we've been lacking the last two episodes, so we we're, have, we're making so we're making do. This is actually old news, but I didn't find out about it until last weekend. Okay, um, the beer mongers trolled Willamette Week, our our local weekly free newspaper. Um, apparently, uh, the story behind it is Willamette Week uh, did this whole uh, uh, beer. Uh, tasting tour mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. I don't know the whole background about it, but they didn't give beer mongers as good of a review as, as they could have. They didn't give it <laughs> as good a review as I would have. Right. Or, or I would have. Yeah. Um, and it, according to the writer, as good of a re- review as he wanted to give them, mm-hmm. um, maybe they're having an off day. I don't know. Well, but, I think I think what he the words he used to describe it were it was all the right breweries, but none of the right taps. None of the right, yeah, none of the right beers. Which is uh, <laughs> which is a bit interesting. Yeah, I guess interesting to say. Uh, do you know the? So, are, have you followed uh, Martin Sismar in some of his articles? No, not at all. He's a very polarizing author for the Willamette Week. Oh, for real? Yeah, he's he's gotten to a couple of scuffles. He has uh, managed to get banned from several fine establishments here in Portland based on reviews given to those locations. That's hilarious. And um, I find 
find it uh, particularly interesting in that um, he ended the article by saying that Beermonger's former beer uh, expert or beer picker or, or, was or the one that actually was the one that won. And yeah. so I, I have to wonder to myself if they made that decision to write the article in that fashion before or after they uh, <laughs> decided what kind of spin was going to go on. That. Right. <laughs> well, I think sort of to say, like, you know, to kind of have like the last word, like, you know, you can't bring us down. And also mm-hmm. like Beermonger's played it pretty classic. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And yeah. also like, you know. It's it's all in it's all in fun. Yeah. No hard feelings. Indeed. No, they they, I took, think they took that they joke took very Will well. Amit, Will Emmett Weeks logo logo and uh, changed it. Instead of a WW, you now have a B and an M for beer mongers, and now it's printed on their T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Nice, That's, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And if it came in black, I would totally buy one. <laughs> um, they're quoted. Will Emmett Week is quoted as saying. Um, Beermongers decided to have a little fun at our expense, twisting the WWE logo into a B and an M logo and printing our criticism on the back, which <laughs> states, yeah, all the right, all the right breweries, none of the right beers. Uh, and we're both chastened and honored the mark of truly great trolling. Um, it's, I'm glad they can appreciate a joke there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like they could have totally fired back. <laughs> no more newspaper wars. <laughs> Uh, back in the good old days, right? I know. <laughs> so, um, Peter, you've recently spent some time overseas. Would you like to tell us what you've been up to over the past few weeks or so here? Yeah, so uh, we... What uh, do they call a quarter pounder with cheese <laughs> over there? I, I think it's a... Uh, Charlevoix. Roy- Roy- <laughs> Charlevoix. Hey, you got it right! <laughs> I did my homework this week, folks. <laughs> we that well, I was uh, I was in the Netherlands to uh, do a study abroad program that I started at Portland State University. Uh, gosh, it was six years ago. We uh, I, I, well even before that I put together a proposal, um, writing it as such that's the uh, the class that I should have taken when I was an undergraduate, but <laughs> uh, wasn't smart enough to take, or <laughs> wasn't smart enough to. To figure out if there was a where it was such a thing, yeah. Uh, so is the the just ideas, didn't know you wanted it yet. Yeah, exactly. It was the class that uh, I think uh, engineering and planners should take to understand why everybody's talking about the Netherlands and mm-hmm. uh, uh, for cycling and, and and multimodal infrastructure. Nice. And so for that class, I saw that you'd posted a photo with with the quote unquote family of uh, growing engineers in amsterdam is that a group that you've been working with for a long time here yeah so we started well it really starts from uh peter firth who's a professor at northeastern university uh, in boston and he uh he started this gosh 10 10 years ago i think so i learned about it from him from uh, he was a colleague uh research from research circles and said you know this is uh can we can i can i come and and visit i'm going to be in europe and he said yeah sure come come be a guest lecturer and that Mm -hmm. was uh that was 2010, and so you know, gave a lecture, did the tour with them that day, and, and immediately kind of said, "This is uh, we should have this at Portland State mm. uh, to to make uh, you know to make uh, the some of the things that we we think are very different uh, mm-hmm. in 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 European countries, and, and and that's them. They you know we can't do it in, in the U.S. because they're so different than us, and, and the reality <laughs> is. 
uh, is much different. It's, it's, they are they're very similar. Hmm. They eat cheese just like we do. Probably better cheese. Sorry, Tillamook. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know they they. Fan uh, of the brewery on the coast, not yeah, the cheese factory. You know, that's tough. It's tough to tough to compete with Dutch cheese, right? Ah. Um, but hey, you know enough. they're they're really they're they're very they're not much different than us. But it is the infrastructure that is different, and mm-hmm. and so trying to sort out why why we uh why we don't build what they do and mm-hmm. and how we might change that and so has this always been focused around delft or has it gone around to different locations every time so you know it's uh it's all about relationships and in delft uh they have a willing host of a university mm-hmm. uh so it's a good jumping off point it's pretty central nice. uh peter firth knows people he did a sabbatical there it's uh, it turns out to be the the big technical university uh for civil engineering okay uh in 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 the netherlands so it's kind of uh uh if you think about portland as the as, as we call it the disneyland for planners delft is kind of the uh mm-hmm. the place you go for engineering in uh in, yeah. in the netherlands nice are there any trends that we should uh, keep our eye out for over the next few years here here in Portland? Well, I mean, I think you've already started to see some of that. It, protected bike lanes mm-hmm. are, you know, we, we think about uh, things. Uh, and, Shout out to Better NATO, by the way. Yeah, we, we think about things so differently here. It's one of those, um, you know, when, when I before I started the class, you know, cycle tracks were and protected bike lanes were uh, something that, we would consider as an option and, and mm-hmm. now you know you're seeing that move towards this is just the new normal in mm-hmm. terms of our design standards mm-hmm. um so that's something that's it's it's certainly coming online and and then you know uh, the the dutch made that choice 40 years ago yep. so we um and it's funny in delft you bike around and, and the students you know that we we send them everywhere uh, around the town because you, you're biking and and nobody nobody's wearing a helmet there because all right. the facilities are so amazing and safe, and then they come to this you know a a, a, a classic nineteen mid nineteen seventies bike lane design mm-hmm. that's all all red it's all colored but you're if you're going through the intersection you are between two cars and yep. oh. you're just sitting there going wait a minute did I get is this back hmm. in the U.S.? And, and this would be considered, like, this you know, is, this good reminds- practice. Okay, interesting. In in the U.S. compared mm-hmm. to the Netherlands. So it's mm-hmm. so out of place. It's like it's the one they haven't gotten around to. Right. Interesting. Huh. So, yeah, it's 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 fantastic to have And they look around. at that as like, oh, that's that just hasn't been updated yet. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're really ashamed of that. You really shouldn't go there. Um, interesting. We'll, we'll be back. We'll be, well, you know, that's that's a difficult intersection. We'll, we'll tackle that in the next uh in, you mm-hmm. know, in, in due course. Do they also come here to laugh the US? at us? Oh no! Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, well, you that know. maybe. Um, no, I was gonna, do you have? Uh, do folks come back in exchange? Uh, so does PSU host a program on their end? We uh, well, so I'd say the, the PSU does bring in some of their practitioners to come talk to us. So okay. you know, not everybody can go to the program, and but there is value in learning from what they're doing. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, you know, whenever. Whenever we are in our circles, we know that there's somebody in the U.S. We we try to do our level best to bring that sort of thinking. Mm-hmm. And we just had the, the the one of the main planners from Delft. Uh, he was at the Friday transportation seminar at Portland State um, in May. So uh, he was, and he's you know he's a great great speaker uh, that you know gives the perspective of this is what we've been doing and this is why mm-hmm. this is why you should come visit us. Ah. What would you say your biggest takeaway from this trip was? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I think we're on the cusp of, in Portland of, of building some really great infrastructure. Um, so it, it's really, I think, uh, making sure that we deliver 
when we do have resources, we, we, we deliver on those, especially at, of course, you know, my, my role at the city is traffic signals. So making sure mm-hmm. that there's, you know, that we're taking every, every chance we can to, to do, to, to incorporate those designs. Nice. Yeah. I, I was riding down, well, I ride in downtown pretty much every day, but this particular day I was riding through downtown and noticed that the Stark and Oak bike lanes had been replaced. And that was kind of the foundation that I like to show or point out to people as kind of that um, moment of advancement for Portland where the pilot project for getting the federally designated color for bike infrastructure. And I was like, wow, it's been enough time that our road has actually been run down and we have to replace these. So I no longer get to tell people, hey, this is where it started happening. Uh, but that was also kind of neat to see how far we've come in that time as well. Well, that was interesting, that whole process, because Stark and Oak was built at the same time as Broadway. So we, mm-hmm. uh, we really... Uh, well, gosh, that was before I even joined the city. So it was, I think that was, that was, it was kind of considered revolutionary at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there had been, of course, uh, Boston, uh, Cambridge, actually. Boston was uh, not so far along, but it's neighboring city mm-hmm. just across the river. Cambridge was uh, really at the forefront of that. And actually, imagine that. Peter Firth from Northeast University had right. a role in that. Okay. So, you know, it's it's, it's all not, coming full circle it here. It is. I mean, it's it's there, you know, these few people in the within the um within the transportation circles that mm-hmm. uh, that do make do make things move. Mm-hmm. So, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but for our listeners, um basically what I'm referring to is the concept of painting or or basically taking out a vehicle lane in order to create just a cycle-only lane and designating or um, delineating that by uh, color or variation. So the city had originally started with blue, it sounded like, and then eventually settled onto green. Uh, But these have been rolled across the U.S., and if you see that type of infrastructure present anywhere throughout the states, um, it had sort of part of its genesis here in Portland during that time. Yeah, the uh, the original idea was blue, and uh, that was uh, inspiration from Copenhagen. Um, the Netherlands has always used red. Copenhagen has used blue. Interesting. I don't know the backstory oh, of I didn't blue and that. red, but yeah, I okay. can tell you that the green, uh, the Federal Highway Administration did not like the idea of red. They mm-hmm. wanted uh, red reserved for fire lanes. Okay. Blue reserved uh, for okay. disability yep. ADA yep. sort of issues, and that to me makes total sense. Like I could see that I could see the ADA argument on that, just in terms of the number of people already abusing handicap parking w- that might not necessarily <laughs> have a permit for it. Sure. Um, so the next <laughs> color down the palette is because you're using yellow. Yep. Uh, yep. You're using white, and the next color down the palette is green. Okay. So mm-hmm. green, green was uh, was was chosen, and yeah, you can. It's interesting. Some of those old classic old uh, conflict areas that were marked blue you can sometimes see mm-hmm. that tint of blue when the green yeah. starts to fade oh really yeah, yeah it's oh, have to look for that look that's... for it on um westbound into broadway okay. just as yeah. you cross over the bridge there that's a super shout out like that was 1997 i want to oh, wow. say is when okay. that blue started to hit the ground and okay it was there for several years and they did a study it's like the landmark study on this topic right. and yeah so then it was green after that nice did you get a little bit of a chance to relax while you were over as well? Yeah, we went to the Tour de France uh, Grand Depart in Dusseldorf, which was fantastic. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's a uh, that was you know that was just a quick you know uh, the train. You know, in addition to the bike infrastructure, the train you know the, the train infrastructure in the Netherlands is unbelievable. Um, so it's not all about just bikes; it's 
transit and trains as mm-hmm. uh, well. I mean, well, they all sort of work together. Oh, it's you know? it's. I mean, they're it's pretty seamless. integrated. With yeah. Would you yeah. would you say it's possibly because they've had a few hundred years to think about this in in proximity <laughs> to a limited landmass? Well, you know, I'm they it's they they tell a very interesting story of the 1970s okay. being just like us. Oh, okay. And so, uh, you know, what hit them just like us was the oil embargo. You know, we were named as the number one. Uh, number two, I guess, you know, one of those, you know, one of the evil empire. Netherlands was right behind us. Okay. So the embargo happened uh, and their government said, hey, uh, OK, if that's the way it's going to be, we're going to be working on conservation. And so they started with car free Sundays um, to try to. And so, you know, everybody was then biking all of a sudden on hmm. Sundays. So huh. they used that as a lever to make a lot of change that happened. Uh, of course, there was a lot of discussion about safety and and this notion. They don't call it Vision Zero; they call it sustainable safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't. I'd say their marketing isn't as uh, strong. They don't have the, quite the tagline. Okay. But well, I imagine already having like forty years on us. Well, yeah, that was that, back like, in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So it started. Oh, okay. they, mm-hmm. Their crash rates and and fatality rates were just as high as ours. Mm-hmm. Really? Their motor. You know, they have great pictures. Uh, there's a guy uh, on Twitter's handle. It's Mark Wagenboer. It's uh, his handle is Bicycle Dutch. But he uh, he actually has these amazing YouTube videos of like, look, this is this was Netherlands in 1970, just mm-hmm. just like everybody else. And these I guess are the it's steps kind we took. of encouraging. It's you know, you know like, they I mean, also yeah we got a long ways to go, but you know they didn't they didn't just suddenly like pop out of nowhere as like now we're a bicycle country or now we're a bicycle city. That's right. You know? I mean they they had a, they have a lot of things going for them. Uh, but and of course, well, in the Netherlands, it's you know it's a lot of the a lot of the uh, ground is below sea level, right. so they also mm-hmm. have that and an awareness that climate change is is a thing, and yeah. the yep. science is yep. real, <laughs> and and so when they design a city, they have to of course think about water. So mm-hmm. seventeen, we learned over there, seventeen percent. It used to be ten percent, but now seventeen percent of their land in a news quote unquote subdivision would be would be focused on water, hmm. water storage and pumping the water so that there's, you know, that that storage capacity. If mm-hmm. it does rain, you know, there's nowhere for the water right. to go. It does it's not yeah. all, yeah. It's not all going to the ocean because yeah. they're, you know, in some cases meters a couple meters below sea yeah. level. Gosh. So they're 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 always thinking. And so land use mm-hmm. planning really comes from that. They don't do anything land development wise without thinking about their neighbor. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of a built-in like safety mechanism of good urban planning, and then uh, they build the infrastructure to accommodate what they mm-hmm. what the trips that they want. Nice. So all we have to do is wait for the ocean levels to rise, and all of our coastal cities will sort of you know start planning along the lines of like the Netherlands. And exactly. <laughs> there was that. Yeah. There was that um, map that came out about a year and a half, maybe two years it ago, was, that yeah, projected what Portland would look like at at, at a projected. Um, global warming level most of the inner southeast would be underwater yep yeah well, if like... you think about communities like in florida yeah or oh yeah near, or oh, manhattan sure. i mean that you know norlands i kind of yeah. well yeah i mean in portland you kind of look at it and you're like well we we're we're probably you know probably a lot of it's okay mm-hmm. but where it's you know miami beach and i mean they're yeah. they're they're thinking about that stuff a little more rapidly sure now yeah, some sure. of course unless you're denying it and and that's a whole nother <laughs> camp that uh we don't have time to talk about. Yeah, yeah, no, self delusion or just you know whatever. Head Fine, and sanditis. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I just keep saying science is real. 
Yeah, uh, it's just sometimes it, you know you just have to drive that point home. <laughs> I mean, they might be giants. <laughs> sing a song about it, even. Uh, it's uh, it's just just go check that out. Indeed, <laughs> I yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> um, so, have you visited other places in the Netherlands previous to? Um, Oh gosh, just blank. So yeah, Delft. So Delft. We, yeah, Thank we're home base in Delft. So that's a good place because you know we we used to have the students in dorms, uh, and and so then and then we essentially just do day trips from there. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a town called Houten. So actually, yeah, we. Uh, everybody says, "Oh, how was how was Amsterdam?" And the answer is, "Well, we don't go to Amsterdam because Amsterdam is like Las Vegas." Amsterdam? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's it's but Las, so it's kind Amsterdam's of like the Las Vegas of U.S. Ah, like if you right went on. to say, you know, if you went, I studied transportation infrastructure in, in in you know in the U.S. It's like, well, where'd you go? Well, I went to Las Vegas and be like, well, okay, you, so that's different than any other <laughs> community. And <laughs> Amsterdam's kind of like that. So Delft is a kind of quintessential college town. So. If you think about it, like you know Corvallis, Eugene, yeah. you know okay. it's the same similar size, and 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 so these, you know that that's something that de- definitely you can directly apply if if you think about like Boulder and some of these mm-hmm. other cycling cities, Davis, okay. California. So that's you know that's Delft is interesting, uh, but we also get out to other communities. Uh, Rotterdam is always talked about as like the most quintessential close to what you know u.s cities are like because mm. it was bombed in the 40s you know mm. a lot of these dutch cities also have a lot of history yeah and i was just also reading up about delft and that um a good part of the city was wiped out back in the 1600s due to a powder keg explosion yeah, yeah. Uh, which, very similar to our you know our experiences yeah. i mean baltimore had the big fire yeah i mean it's it, you know these these we have these that's and that's these why some of the we have these pivotal fire, moments we have these fire regulations history. that keep us from doing some of the yeah. urban the really amazing urban stuff that we want to do or, or maybe we shouldn't store 100 kegs <laughs> together maybe we'll just store 10 kegs together or, or such um so when you visit these things do you do you come in with a uh, with kind of a sense of pride for what is happening here in Portland, or do you feel like, oh, like here are my here are my contemporaries, and like I'm just trying to like pull this city along, whereas you know these people have more free reign within that that infrastructure or that ability. Well, I mean, I think they are so much further. I mean, they they just have different tools in our toolbox. Okay. I mean, when I was like to say when you know when 35 percent of your people are cycling mm-hmm. every day uh, for trips. You know the calls and the complaints they get are cycling complaints, not okay. driving complaints like okay. we get at Peabot. So, <laughs> I mean, you're 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 just talking to different okay. people, and okay. so you know, even when I go home, and you know, when I go home, I I get I get an earful from my wife who's complaining about people driving through stop signs and and you know <laughs> safety complaints. Yeah. I don't get complaints about her. She doesn't drive. You know, she doesn't drive. If she drives twenty miles in a day, that's a, like a really busy that's a big day driving day yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of days we just don't drive at all so mm-hmm. you know her complaints are more people weren't stopping for me or i was on mm-hmm. my bike ride and somebody you know honked at me or whatever yeah you know so that i think that's very similar to the netherlands whereas you know it's just most, the, the paradigm shift of the mode i mean most yeah, yeah most city traffic engineers are getting that yep. their wife you know or her partner drove you know drove 10 15 20 miles and is complaining about the commute traffic mm-hmm. their friends are complaining about the commute traffic the so they're just trying to engineer. solve that commute traffic problem <laughs> right and yeah. and that's something yeah, yeah. that uh you know it's just uh, it's just a different context yeah. awesome for um your journey so you stopped in reykjavik or, or just slightly, or Keflavik in the airport there. Um, but back a little bit earlier, we were actually in India in the same time, and you were attending a conference there for transportation as well. Yeah, Would I you got. Like, tell you know, us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, that's. It, uh, 
colleague, another colleague that uh, uh, he's at Iowa State University now, and so he's of course from India. And uh, said, oh, we're going to do this uh, this workshop, but we want to talk about uh, what the U.S. context is. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, would you want to come to India? The answer was yes. I'd uh, <laughs> love, to, love to come visit. And um, uh, so it was great to see the, you know, the range of, of you know, the, and the challenges that they mm-hmm. have. I mean, it's uh, such a vast country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so many people people and so 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 many challenges in terms i mean i mm-hmm. you know it, it gave me a fresh perspective on you know i complain about our maintenance challenges and yeah. in india i mean every other traffic signal is is struggling from you know either it's 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 knocked down or it's uh there's no power or yeah. you know so it's it's um it does put things in proper perspective mm-hmm. i just saw earlier this week uh that bangalore announced plans to create their first uh what they're calling kind of a bike highway between bangalore and mysore so it seems like uh well well sparse uh progress is still being made there so that's pretty exciting to see it, it's a fantastic i mean it's uh they they have so many i think similar challenges to the netherlands actually one of the challenges is if you're biking the scooters uh and in fact in amsterdam they're trying to ban scooters like the motor scooters mm. motor scooters yeah mm-hmm. oh, so okay. the scooters are you know so they're supposed to be limited uh-huh. right to 20 miles an hour mm-hmm. but the first thing that you know uh kids and tinker <laughs> they yeah. tinker they take it to the mechanic and it yep. goes 35 and so mm-hmm. in amsterdam they're really trying to ban scooters from the bike facilities because the scooters are allowed in bike facilities and mm-hmm. oh ones. no kidding yeah so that's actually the two cases this year where i felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, i felt like we were going to have a crash was uh, somebody on a scooter mm-hmm. passing at a really high speed uh, and, and, and it was, you know, it was, it was just, uh, it was, you know, they're, and they're allowed of course. And, yeah. and, uh, so that, that's something that, yeah, the, in India, big challenges in terms of, um, I mean, they're, they're good in terms of efficiency, mm-hmm. uh, if they're moving towards electric, which hope, hopefully they are. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, if you're on your bike, that speed differential mm-hmm. is what we're seeing in Amsterdam is the crashes. I think we heard it. Then it was like nine that's a times mile an hour crash yeah. if you're 35 versus 20. Yeah, just I mean, just so overrepresented yeah. from the crashes. Yeah. The other crash they're having in Amsterdam in the Netherlands is e-bikes for older people. So people are staying on their bikes longer with e-bikes. And I was going to oh, ask, yeah. what is the what's the take for yeah. folks you met in the Netherlands I mean, for e-bikes? So e-bikes, I mean, they're great, right? They they extend your distances. They mm-hmm. do lots of different things. Get more people on bikes. Uh, but if you're you able know, to you're, carry more load on bikes, yeah. Too. But yeah. if you know if you're 80. You know, we talk about design for 8 to 80, but if you're 80 and still on your bike, which I saw, you know, I saw a lot of people, hmm. don't know if they're 80, but they were much older than I was, and they were passing me on their bikes. Nice. And, I'm, you, know, I'm, you know, I like to say it's in the Netherlands, you're on flat pedals and you're mm-hmm. single sure. speed. It's like life at 10 miles an hour. And, you know, there's people that are, you know, they may be a little older than me, maybe a lot older than me. I don't really know. But they're cruising on mm-hmm. these e-bikes because the e-bikes can, mm-hmm. and so that's and it's, it's different. It's not quite an e-assist. Then it's it's, it's actually just kind of a, a motor. It's e-assist. No, it's oh, e-assist. Okay. I mean, they have all kinds, but you're seeing more people on e-bikes uh, and they're biking longer, which is great. But it's that it's that higher speed mm-hmm. where whenever you're at 20 miles an hour, you know, if you're yeah. 80, I mean, my dad's 77, and you know, I. I think he'd be okay on a bike still, but you know, there's that period of time where, you know, you're getting up there on a twenty thing at twenty miles an hour, yeah. and, and uh, it's mm-hmm. two wheels. It's it's you know, it's I don't know. It, I, As someone who cares for an eighty six year old man at a, on a regular basis, like yeah, the the 
brain doesn't necessarily function as quickly. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't. You know, and that's a, that's a real blanket statement. Yeah, right. I, I guess right, it's a bit exactly. ageist, but uh, I mean, the, it's a it's a reality that as we age, our brains also tend to not mm. operate. On, yeah, it's a, age is really not the right metric. It's just at some point, you are not as capable to okay, handle yeah, a bike yeah. at mm. a certain speed. Would Especially you, when you have, you know, a variety of challenges of, you know, different infrastructure mm-hmm. and people coming at you and ability to, you know, gauge what you're doing. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I find myself, you know, consistently a little less aggressive and, and a little more aware of, oh, I'm a little cautious. Mm-hmm. And when I bike with my 14-year-old even, I'm thinking, oh, that was a close pass when in reality – if I'm in spandex, I'm not thinking, you know, mm-hmm. ah. I'm not thinking that's a close pass. That was nothing, You're right? Thinking, I got like, this. You know, so it's, yeah. it's, you know, it just depends on what, uh, what hat you have on mm-hmm. or what helmet you have sure. on. And speed and perspective changes a lot too. Like, yeah, like if I'm trucking really hard, mm-hmm. I'll take some close, some close uh, passes or, or do some quick turns, you know, leaning into it. But it, yeah, if I'm just kind of like rolling mm-hmm. with my groceries or whatever yeah and, yeah you For know it. and someone passes it passes me at, at a speed that i probably could be biking it can sometimes startle me you know yeah so um i was curious in the sense that e-bikes have recently become kind of a hot topic here in portland and i know bike portland did a bit of an article oh, yeah. on it where there were a vast uh, difference in the opinions for the comments there do you see sort of a trend or, or did you observe um trends while you were there that you think or, or, or that brought sort of new perspective to how cities should go about. Because, I mean, e-bikes, I, I personally think they're here to stay. Like, they're a growing market. They're one of the fastest segments. And cities such as San Francisco and Seattle have already been having this conversation for a long time. Portland hasn't in that we don't have as many hills, but I think that we're getting there. Um, was there anything that surprised you about how they went about legislating or, or approaching the public in terms of that safety and integration factor that you wouldn't have thought of? from a sort of U.S.-based perspective? Well, you know, I think it's, in Amsterdam, it's very interesting to think about them trying to ban scooters. So do you ban scooters and not e-bikes? And mm-hmm. so that that's a good, you know, it's an interesting question of, like, what that speed dynamic is. It's really hard to discern, you know, scooters versus, you know, it's really mm-hmm. the speed. So that sure. that's just like U.S., how do you, you know, we're, we're waging that battle with mm-hmm. what are, what is an appropriate speed for, sure. for streets. And yep. and so how do you how do you judge that? I think... Um, well, you know, and, and it, where do you draw the line? Like, yeah. You know, a bike could go 25 miles an hour pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that really an ideal speed for somebody biking? Maybe not. But on an e-bike, like, you could hit 25 without thinking about mm-hmm. it. You know? Yeah, and I think we're fortunate. You know, Portland State, John MacArthur is r- researching e-bikes uh, currently. So, I mean, I think that we would look to them to mm-hmm. kind of get that uh, perspective yeah, I think down. You know, if you think about ranking this and the the range of things, it it is an interesting, exciting topic to get more people cycling. Mm-hmm. But you know, in reality, it's we got bigger problems to deal with. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Bigger fish to fry. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it, I mean, especially as I get older. I was thinking about yes, I will be wanting one of those. Mm-hmm. Let's dial that up in about you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe fifteen or twenty years. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. So. give me that Bosch engine. Well, yeah. I mean, I see those mountain bikes, and I go. Oh wait a minute! That's that would be fantastic. Yeah, all the fun. Yep, all the fun coming down with none of the work going up. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I like sure. that idea. Yeah, yeah, not a bad way to go. Um, yeah, and I was mostly curious because we have them for our bike shop, and so we we rent them and sort of instruct on proper use for that. Uh, but I know for us, they make great sense because if you're looking at 
trying to run a shop that does as many things by bike as possible, those e-bikes make a lot of sense if you're doing pickups and such. Well, yeah, I think my wife will never forget that I uh, was, uh, well, maybe we just didn't explore. Maybe they weren't available at the time, but when we, you know, when we had two kids, we got a Bachfeet, one of those classic old school, you know, Bachfeet, mm-hmm. yeah, 90 yeah. pounds. And Without ESs? No, that no wasn't a thing, was it? Oh. Wasn't, wasn't <laughs> it didn't that's, seem like it was so that thing. That's so 2015. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so she, she that's how I think she uh, got into cycling and, okay. and uh and i think progressionally some some cases because that, that 90 pound bike is brutal so yep, the yeah, e-bike yep. yeah it's fantastic to see you know folks like clever and and, and splendid cycles doing I, I was behind someone on the hawthorne bridge on my commute home today it was like one of those uh larry bullet or whatever oh, larry bullet versus harry's oh my gosh yeah. and and she was having she was having no trouble staying in front of me. And I was just like, "Oh my gosh, that is amazing yep. to have you know this really nice bike just just plowing through without having to like you know suffer on the Hawthorne Bridge mm-hmm. to keep up with the rest of the bike traffic." Yeah, I mean, not to mention it's been in the mid nineties this past week oh. here in Portland, so I'm sure any efficiency in that regard right. is probably appreciated. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, and we still got time. We got time. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned biking in Netherlands. In did you bike in India? Did we talk about biking? You know, I never did like? get on a bike in India. There was uh, there was no real opportunity. We were so busy, uh, and you know that's one of the challenges when you go to a new country. Is you know you want to see enough and sure. mm-hmm. and you know it never there was never like a down day we I, I ended up speaking at like four different universities as in the like eight days that we were there with mm-hmm. you know so it was it was like speak travel speak travel and it was you know almost exhausting and there was like no and, and bikes you know the availability like that's the beauty of bike share oh my gosh yeah. is you go to a city and you pay your four bucks or whatever it is six mm-hmm. bucks and you're on a bike so quickly uh, India hasn't embraced that. Now China, I was in China and uh, oh, they've embraced it Big time. and then some. A little yeah. bit crazy, right? Yeah. So, they've, inve- they've reinvented the wheel yeah. on that model. So I mean, that's that's the fantastic thing about bike share is yeah, you're never too far away from mm-hmm. from biking. Now we got to figure out. It's interesting. The Dutch actually, they're going back to the Dutch. You can learn so much from the Dutch. They, you know, their transit agency, their national train system, national train system runs runs the bike share. No way. Okay. Yeah. Really? So you 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 know it's it's basically like okay I'm in you know I, I bike I, I I take my bike from my home to the station, the train station, and I can get anywhere. And then when I get to that train station, I There's can then a bike there. get a bike share. Yeah. Four euros a day wow. for the full day. There's the concept. And and talk you're, about integrated yeah. you know infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. There. Unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. That's amazing. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's you know it's it's they have figured that out. Now the piece that they have not figured out is outside the train station. They don't the bike share station are all at the train stations, with some exceptions. There are some cities. So like that you are could you could out. tool around town, but you still have to return the bike to the train. The station. assumption, I mean, and this is a pretty darn good assumption, is that every Dutch person has a bike. Mm-hmm. So if you're at home, you have a bike. But right. if you're going to a different city for business or for mm-hmm. just goofing off, then you will need a bike. And and actually, most Dutch, on their commute, they have two bikes. They have one at their home. They bike to the train station. 
And then they take the train to their normal work station. And have a bike. And they have an extra yep. bike that's really crappy that's there locked overnight uh, that they just take. Mm-hmm. And so they avoid that cool. four euro the, uh, right, right. the throw it in the river bike. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's that's the way the Dutch roll on that stuff. And I mean, that's something that, boy, in Portland, we yeah, you know, any U.S. city, that's just such a strange. That's concept. so alien. Yeah, so strange. Well, just the idea of having having a commute that you can do, you know, over from city to city without getting in your car to do it. You know, you could get in your car. In some cases, the car is faster so that's we go to this one city where um houghton where they have this wonderfully designed ring road and actually going to the central city is always faster on your bike Hmm. okay because you have to go out to the ring road go around the ring road the the town's called houghton if you yeah Yeah, was that featured in a um I, uh, ITDP street, blog or I, I or, think streets films. Yeah, yeah. sorry, streets films. There's That's been a the word bunch of different okay, things. I've, I've always been on like. There's this one town. I know of it. I can't remember the name of it. I I feel like it's that town. Well, and my favorite. So the the, the town planner. So the, when we do the study abroad, we go and we basically get uh, you know the town planner to give us a story. And mm-hmm. and and so my favorite my favorite question to ask uh, in in every city that we go to is this notion of you know vision zero is like okay so uh, when was the last time you had a crash that resulted in a fatality. And I, the first time I asked this was in Houghton, and the planner went and gave me this kind of quizzical look. Hmm. Like, like, are you serious? Who are you? <laughs> really? <laughs> and, he, you know, he's like, I, you know, I, uh, I think it was 1980-something. Hmm. Holy cow. And so this town of 100,000, yeah, they, their their last fatal was, you know, was 30-some 30, 30 years ago. Wow. And he doesn't even really remember. And, you know, there's crashes on the ring road, but bike mm-hmm. bike pet crashes are just not a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's – but it's it's all the way in which, you know, the town – you know, it's, it's land use is controlled tightly. The town streets are all you, – you can't go – you actually can't go above – you know, 25 miles an hour by the way the streets are designed and laid out. Mm-hmm. There's never a straight section. I mean, they basically, they defy all. It's because it's if you're driving in a vehicle, like if you split it up into quadrants, right? It's designed so that every time you try to head towards the center, you get turned back to the outer road. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Think about it like a, uh, you're basically like uh, a pie. Uh, you have slices of the pie. So within that slice of the pie, you can't, you know, you can't go to the edge of the pie. You have to go to the crust. Mm-hmm. And then, so if you're in your car, you have to go to the crust and then go around the crust to go into mm-hmm. the ah. center. But if you're biking, you can go anywhere you want. Hmm. You, it's, it's, you can go anywhere you want in the city. And so, and they have this bicycle highway right through the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, um, it, I mean, they have achieved Vision Zero in that town of 100,000. Now, people will say that that's, that's not practical, it's not possible. And, and there are some truths to that, but they basically defy all the traffic engineering logic that I learned in my, you know, hmm. in my my undergraduate time, where you know we always want intersections at at four way locations. We, we always want. Yeah, we see things like as a grid. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Yeah. It's and there's it's a it's a tortured pattern of streets where there's always <laughs> a turn. Yep. It's kind of like a subdivision in some ways for uh-huh. cars, and then the bikes have a grid, hmm. and the bike grid is. You know, it's either it, there are some shared, but it, there's also separate. Now, the criticism is that there are a lot of uh, it's not a lot of mixed use, and it's it's kind of suburban in nature. Hmm. It's also higher income, so there's some equity questions. Uh, okay. So I definitely see that. You, know, you can poke holes in it, but it's you know the the 
from an engineering standpoint, you know, my put myself in the little trap sure. engineering box, like, wow, all the tools are there hmm. that they have brought to bear to make a safer, safer community, which is, you know, that's, that's, uh, it, we will have, you know, debates about that, uh, until the day I die. I think, <laughs> of like, oh yeah, vision zero is not a thing. Well, the reality is it is a thing. We just have to, we just have to, you know, they, they, and the good news is, is real. Yeah, they started from scratch, <laughs> right? They started from scratch. And so, uh, the nice thing is they also built a second version of it. So they, they had one, uh, section one ring road and then they kind of made it a peanut of sorts okay. so it's oh uh, really yeah, yeah yeah it's uh so it's it's fantastic that they could recreate it and make it a make it a second thing nice so you mentioned uh sort of separated infrastructure as as a criticism of this place like there's not a, there's not a lot of shared space uh, is that something that uh as a traffic engineer that uh we try to achieve or is that something that we try to st- away from like i don't know granted i i i didn't go to traffic engineering college or or anything uh but i i'll tend to go back and forth be in my opinion of like maybe we should have separate infrastructure and and a lot more uh separated paths that you know are away from uh car and traffic uh patterns um and then and then i i think well there's no reason why i should have to go all the way out to you mm-hmm. know the 205 path just to get Would you say to, convenience versus uh, uh yeah. safety or or uh convenience and access versus yeah. safety okay yeah yeah uh like you know there's there's no reason why why i should go 10 minutes or five minutes out of my way to get the same slice of pizza that mm-hmm. somebody you know in a car could get there you know in three minutes sure yeah, I think these are choices that we're having to make, and we're going to have to make them as we go, and and with with the community, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's and that is a challenge. You know, you know, you talk to those Dutch planners, and they like the examples they give from the last three or four years. It's just like, yeah, we were designing this intersection, and the business owners were complaining because all this traffic, and it's like, okay, so what'd you do? Well, we made it car free. Well. That's a great solution. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> that ends the traffic, it's right? A, it's a little different than <laughs> what we have in the U.S. You just don't get to do that. that's our understatement of the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're like, you know, they want this. And that, so they have so many different examples where they, we want what they have. We want, you know, and so from a, you know, uh, from a business owner standpoint, to have business owners come, come, yeah, that's where we have to kind of translate to the students and go, this is this may not be what you're experiencing in the U.S. Mm. Okay, uh, so this is, you know, this is a nice to, this is a Dutch, this is a Dutch phenomenon now mm-hmm. that they're trying to recreate some of these great spaces that they yeah, have. Or, or just a different meter or measure of, of what would consider, like, sensibility in that regard. Or, yeah, or, I mean, the Dutch square, the Dutch, you know, the, 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 uh, the new church, which is from, like, you know, 1740, you know, <laughs> it's like the new church is, you know, still 300 years old the new church between the new church and the city hall there used to be actually parking lot there mm-hmm. in the 70s they were just like us you know this historic amazing square that they had lots of space surface parking yep. yeah so and, um are are many of the cities that that to your knowledge do they have this sort of similar concept of an urban growth boundary such as we have here in portland or is it in a different fashion than- every delft city okay Every, or every Delft city, every every Dutch city 
Delft Dutch. What you know? What's the difference? <laughs> Every Dutch city, uh, yes. We are Delft. We are Dutch. <laughs> Everything, uh, you know, nothing happens without consolidated because okay. of the water. You have to be thinking about the water. So the government uh, leads. Yeah. The government also, you know, so this is the other the other paradigm that we can't, we will never get to. The the Dutch, uh, how it's been explained to me uh, is that the Dutch planners. Uh, you just decide regionally where they're going to expand. And, and and the beauty of Houghton was they expanded along the rail line. The rail was right in the center of the town, uh, as is Delft. So, you know, the, the city is right centered on the town. And and um, once you do that, then the train service becomes a thing that everybody's radiating towards that. Mm-hmm. And then um, or a second station you know, usually it's the the main city and then the south south station or the north station, mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's all uh, centered along the train lines, and then the the all, all the you know in Houghton, um, their bike parking uh, facility uh, at the main Houghton train station is is three thousand bike parking spaces, mm-hmm. not a single auto parking space. Three thousand bike parking spaces. Yeah. Designed right they're, underneath they're the train station too, right? Where there's like two or three tiers. Oh yeah, to these and it looks well. like the airport. It's like yep. you know, you are in red A, you are in blue B, you're uh-huh. in green C. Because you, you, the one of the problems they have is finding your bike yep. once you get back to the station. You want to be able uh, to pick that up. Those uh, RFID tags or whatever, they start to make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, they don't use those though. They just know, yeah. they just put it on they the user. Know. Huh. Um, yeah, so sure. you know, and even you know, so every every town is getting these amazing train stations with big bike parking spaces because mm-hmm. this is a this is a, this is just a Dutch thing. So they they they're very careful about how they the land use planning is very careful. They design all the infrastructure and build it before the development happens. Mm-hmm. And actually, the uh, instead of having speculators buy the land, they actually have the the usually it's the city buys mm-hmm. the land and then they bid to a developer to build a certain spec of building okay so the profit is a little bit shared between Uh. the city and the developer so it's a much different model Mm -hmm. and it doesn't apply here but it certain elements of this one of my big ideas is when we have the urban growth boundary if we this is a call to action, by the way. If you have an urban growth boundary, <laughs> I don't have I my know. I don't have the the sounder. That's all on the box machine. <laughs> if we have the urban growth boundary, once we expand the urban growth boundary, we should ask the developers to provide a trail, a new brand new trail that where the old urban growth boundary once once was, and then along the new boundary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think about just gathering linear space, like a rails to trails project, mm-hmm. you can kind of do the same thing without a rail, as long as you have an imaginary boundary. Yeah. As long as you, you develop and, and plan for it there. Yeah. Our challenge is we're just, not, we're just fighting for space. You know, they can mm-hmm. put trails anywhere they have water because oh, yeah. the bridges aren't <laughs> always going across the Roger. Mm-hmm. In fact, they usually have a dike. So there's a little bit of a, you know, top where you can, if you do a little oh. bit of pavement on top of the dike, it doesn't hurt anything to have you know bikes yeah. just rolling on it. So, yeah, they they've got these little tricks up their sleeve that are just you mm. know just amazing. So for visiting um, as as much as you have, would you say there is anything from this trip, or for anybody that studied extensively within the realm of sort of uh, Netherlands bike infrastructure, was there anything that surprised you that you still sort of took away from that that you didn't uh, necessarily see before that visit? Well, I mean, I think the. The context of of what they're doing is is so so interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I think 
making it so they they're making choices about uh, a lot of their stuff is uh where they did have 1970s infrastructure they're still you know taking away lanes and and so i think that's something that from a political standpoint they have a lot of support for mm-hmm. you know one of the one of our colleagues that talks about it he's also he's so he's a planner by day and he's also a a politician by night right so he he's a uh, you know he works in delft and then he um is a is a I guess a town councilor, um, in in the in his in his home hometown, which is right ah, outside okay. Delft, and he's also a member of the Green Party, and so guess what he's fighting for when he talks to mm-hmm. his, within his community, right? So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, I I think that's the other call to action is you know we have to have more people, you know that are that are fighting for this yeah. what we want a call to civic engagement. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's interesting. I was having some conversations about. Uh, being more involved with the neighborhood association, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily just for the people who own the homes mm-hmm. uh, there in the neighborhood. And in fact, um, it is an injustice, I think, to the neighborhood associations um, that sort of limit themselves to the homeowners mm. there. Uh, That's a thing. I, I don't I, I would disagree with that. No, uh, I mean, when I was, so I was neighborhood chair in Milwaukee, uh, yeah. back in the day I owned a home, but like, I mean, the, the, the challenge that we had was participation. I mean, I would yeah. have a meeting and it'd be like myself as the chair <laughs> and like five other people and, and five of those other people, you know, the Milwaukee was, I loved, I loved that town. Yeah. I got super involved, but like one of the challenges was you did get the sense that if you hadn't lived there for 45 years, you were like a second class citizen. Right. And I think you get that a lot but, of places, but I mean, that's just, that's okay. So they can think that, but I owned a home and it didn't matter if I owned a home. I was the chair of the neighbor association yeah. after like two years. <laughs> I mean, I think it's all a function of if you put yourself in that place of, well, they think I'm renting or uh-huh. I, don't you know? Don't let that you know. You have a voice. Exercise that voice. Mm. That's. I mean, there's no nothing in the bylaws that said you couldn't. Be oh no! Just as equal yeah, member, if no, not no. better. Yeah, that was sort of the the crux of the conversation. Is that like as a renter, like it's we should be even more motivated to be look, part right. of look, the right. Look at Chloe U Daily, right? Yeah, Went from renter mm-hmm. to city councilor. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's no a good better point. example yeah. than that. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. hello, I am civically <laughs> engaged, and I'm going to be become the city commissioner. Mm-hmm. And who's going to stop me? <laughs> who's going to stop me? I have a great campaign. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So come on, <laughs> come on. What are you? All right, what well, are you running? What are you? Running? Let's start this campaign today. <laughs> Another call to action. I I haven't even moved into my place yet. You know? <laughs> perfect, perfect time to start. It doesn't matter. You're still yeah. in Portland, right? Nope. So you could be a city commissioner tomorrow. Oh, okay. No, okay, not yeah. tomorrow. Uh, I I'm now I'm going to be the head of or the minister of oceans and fisheries. <laughs> nice. Who will speak for the trees? That's right. Well, uh, that's a different minister. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to speak for the snow crabs. Excellent. <laughs> Do we have snow crabs? I don't think so. We no. should. We should. I bet you originally we did bring well, back the snow crabs. There we go. Yes, let's <laughs> let's have some sort of. Uh, it's not cross pollinization, but uh, you know, let's let's get some snow crabs. You know, from from the Atlantic. Let's bring them over. No, you know, you know, in, in, knowing Portland like I do, and loving Portland like I do, I, I imagine there's already somebody 
on this campaign. We just need to look it up. <laughs> Oregon Wild or something. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. I know. Probably I know late Lamp- to the game. Lamprey is a big one in terms of uh, um, re- regrowth just within the area. Try not to ship them on the in, mm-hmm. on the roads. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. I guess those weren't lampreys, right? Those are hagfish. Yeah, something like that. I can't. Well, is that you're talking about the explosion? The, uh, the truck that overturned. Yep, yep, oh, yep. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, terrible. <laughs> terrible for but the lampreys, but it was, uh, a, it was I, a good news day for It was a, while. a good second to the whale explosion. <laughs> when? I yeah. Would say. Oh. yeah. In terms of Oregon moments mm, that I that I, I remember. That involve marine. Was I mean, not a close fauna. second, yeah. but it's a second. The nice th- yeah, the nice thing about that ex- whale explosion is, you know, you could you could make it a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like yes. the uh, Omsi volcano non-explosion, which was uh, a little bit oh, earlier this week. Oh, did it week. really fizzle out? Um, yeah. So if anyone um, had been... I kind of... I just heard about, like, yeah. that they were building this. And... So so Omsi just decided, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly how... Um, this came about, but but here in Portland, folks have been really amping up for the setting of a Guinness World Record with the largest, the largest baking soda volcano. Yep, yeah, exactly. And so, in your brain, like just picture in your brain, like how cool would a three-story baking soda volcano <laughs> look? Um, but in reality, it was a bunch of it was so it was sort of a scaffolding, which is about two stories, and it was just covered in kind of a brown tarp. Uh, to they make didn't it look even like paper a mache. No, <laughs> exactly. Come on. Um, well, I'm wondering. So, I think the issue was the the vessels. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the inside setup. So they. So you think and you picture like, well, there's probably going to be at least a, a couple thousand gallons of baking soda, a little, you know, or a right. vinegar and a, a baking soda um, for for powder. But the mixing platform was actually, to my knowledge, at the top section of that scaffolding. And so, whereas the volcano was tall, the chamber for it was very small. Oh. Uh, and so what what that led to is what some may describe uh, as an underwhelming experience. <laughs> uh, but there are videos of this online if you feel like checking it out. They're they're still endearing. Uh, but yeah, Seems check like out, check out know, our, our baking air, soda volcano. Yeah, like that air column. They should have like just yeah. shot oh, some yeah. air. Just well, to it make just got it, me like, thinking. Something. Like I'm tempted <laughs> to say I could do better, but could I do better than a three story baking soda volcano? Maybe we'll maybe we'll make it into a pedal palooza <laughs> ride for next year or something. <laughs> the baking soda ride. <laughs> I just undid my headphones. You gotta you gotta love that down. they're you know they're they're trying. I and that's what I was gonna say is a, as somebody like growing up in Oregon and I am forever a fan of Omsi. That is it. it. I appreciate that there are people out there doing these wonderful things. And, um, you know, easy for me to sit here and talk trash about it. But I think it's really wonderful yeah. that they went for it. I don't see any museums in Detroit, Michigan <laughs> doing a three-story. Oh, you went to Detroit. Okay. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's near where I grew up. So I, <laughs> I can pick on them. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> shall we move on to our calendar? Sure. All right. Yeah, come on. We at least need at least one Detroit event in there just to make up for that. Oh, shit. I, uh, I'll, I'll put that in post. I don't have any right now. Well, oh, no, I guess there's always the slow ride that happens pretty regularly in Detroit. I don't know hmm. when it is. There you go. We'll look that up. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up now. And I have an event to add. Can I add an oh, event? Oh, please. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Please. I'll, um, you should you should when, do it. Yeah, first. when when it's near the date. Okay, or, oh, okay. you could just interject. Uh, or, no, I guess I'll if you want to do it, it right now. Or? Well, dirty Selwood, Selwood uh, cycle Selwood. ride. You're so, never gonna make it. Selwood, yeah, that's a film by Mike. You're gonna love that. So Selwood cycle oh. repair <laughs> and dirty fingers in Hood River. So my when local is that? shop. It's the twenty. 
8th. It's the last weekend in August. Okay. Yeah. Sunday and Monday. They actually, it's a fantastic film by bike video. Mm-hmm. And it won an award, right? Yeah. Yes, Come I on, did. tell me, wh- which which award did it, Man- it was Manny Rodriguez, uh, yeah. right? So what award did he win? Do you so remember? Manny, I think, got the, um, what was it, the Independent Award for this year? I'll have to look it up there. Oh, uh, but yeah, fantastic yeah. film. Definitely would recommend checking it out. Uh, Dirty Selwood, You're Never Gonna Make It is the title of that <laughs> you're one. You're Never Gonna Make It. You're so never... it's this kind of crazy ride that these two bike shops, they're of similar minds, and they, mm-hmm. they're they very local, very, very dedicated. Uh, I've never heard of uh, Dirty Fingers. So Hood Rivers, Hood Rivers Bike oh, Shop. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. It's a little bit, you know, off Wait, the Wait, are they the ones that two years ago did, like, the Mad the Death Max? Death Thunderdome. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. So good. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like up in that same so this is Yeah, this genre. year, it's the 20... 20- 27th and 28th. 27th and 28th. Okay. Yeah, they have only only like 60 slots. And the, the so they typically have ridden from like Selwood to Hood River. So this year for, you know, just to mix it up, they're going from Selwood to Cape Lookout. Hmm. So going to the beach. Yeah. Oh, that'll be gorgeous. Century back-to-back centuries. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of in the spirit of you're never going to make it. I mean, you're going to make it. I think you can make it. You have enough days. Mm-hmm. But the challenges they've had with Hood River is you, you bike from Selwood to Hood River, and sometimes you're never going to make it. The weather is going to turn. Oh, yeah. You're going around Mount Hood. You're never going to make it because the weather's going to be <laughs> so crazy in Oregon with a with a mountain of 11,000 feet right. resting with your chances. So... Now we're going to the coast. And is this is this a mostly road, mostly off-road? Road, mostly of some gravel. So I've been okay. doing some preview rides on the, the Sunday shop ride. So uh-huh. it's been, uh, yeah, it's been good. Uh, it's a lot of miles for two days back-to-back. There's going to yeah. be some, like, opportunities. But I think if you look at Dirty Selwood, if you if you Google Dirty Selwood, you'll you'll find it up. But it's okay. yeah. Dirty Fingers bike, bike Shop and then, you know, Selwood Cycle Repair. So, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. That sounds amazing. Man. I might have to like take off work for that or something. Mm-hmm. Recommended <laughs> before school starts. It is. It, oh, it's that like the like couple days right before school. Yeah, starts. Wednesday school starts. So maybe <laughs> maybe you're even. I'll be picking up those kids with bruises still. <laughs> That's oh. a great first impression. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, yeah. <laughs> Think what I did last yeah. this Monday. Yeah, my driver's the guy with the black eye. <laughs> You get the you get the cool bus driver cred though. That's true. That's true. Like, wow, I, this I won't guy need the mess Mohawk around this year. Yeah. <laughs> so on our calendar for the second Friday of every month, we have the Indianapolis Bike Party. Yes, and also a regular. Um, I don't know when it occurs, but every month in Kyoto is the Kyoto Bikes to Beers. Oh, cool. Um, nice. That is put on by. Uh, Catherine from Cycling, Walking, Eating, and Talking. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening, Catherine, tell us like how regular it is and, and on which days. And we'll so put we the word put out. it on the calendar. For July 26th, we have the Eve 6 ride, hashtag yes. after Palooza. That is like this Wednesday. That is this Wednesday. Yep. Good grief. Uh, uh, July 29th, Python with Live Sprocket Podcast. Are you going to be there, Catherine? I... Is you July 29th a Saturday or a Sunday? It's a Saturday. A Saturday. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's still going on past 6.30, Oh, yeah. I it totally will. Yeah. It totally will. Excellent. Take we'll, a tour out there. Yeah, we Show them the real Portland. The real. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> um, 
August 5th, we have Jen's Bike Moves. Yeah, um, so this just came up. Um, I was hanging out with, uh, ran into former guest Gerald Fittipaldi and mm-hmm. was hanging out with him uh, over at Brock's, Brock's party uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned this. So uh, this is Calamity Jen. Uh, and <laughs> she has, I think she, if it's the Jen that I think it is, I think she's uh, part of Bike Loud PDX. Okay. Uh, anyways, she's having, she's having a bike move. Uh, at 10 a.m. Um, and I, it's a public, uh, it's a public we'll bike uh, move. So yeah, I'll, I won't say the address over we'll, there, we'll, but we'll, it, post we'll, it. we'll connect it. To yeah. Our, but anyways, yeah, if you are in uh, the Portland area at that time and you want to experience or even just watch a bike move, get uh, in touch. Yeah, who's in charge anything. of bike moves these days? Whoever wants to shiftish. Uh, you can find it. Yeah, you can find totally. it on the shift list, but. Um, you know, just whoever wants to organize. Bike Portland it. covered that, like, I think a couple of years ago. Oh, it's yeah. been a little yeah. while since yeah, I've heard about a bike yep. move. You haven't, it, yeah, I, you I haven't feel like really it's got be, a whole like, lot of. Not that it's, like, not a thing anymore, but. Do I people feel, still show up? Like, I mean, there yeah, was, oh, yeah, there yeah. was like, a, the one bike move. It was, like, there were, like, I mean, there were videos of it. It yeah. was, like, 30 people. Oh, yeah. Still, oh, yeah. People I've, still doing uh, that? I've participated in a bike move more recently than three years ago. So just, I feel like just one. What? Just one. <laughs> yeah. On. Well, one, one and then Come my on. own where I was moving from Hillsborough into Portland and I, be, I had, I had barely any possession. So oh, I, well, I technically moved via bike, but realistically <laughs> I was like, well, yourself. I guess I'm going to go right into Portland. Nice. And stay there this time. Nice. Uh, Did you have friends though? That's the thing. That's, that no, was, that's what makes a, it a bike it move. You can, oh, oh. My, my companion was myself. Oh, it's okay though. I got over it. I have my brother's family in town that weekend, and I really want to get Ooh. them to be a part of this bike. Move. Could you like frame it in terms of some sort of extra special surprise <laughs> where you just happen to I'm have a couple, of, a couple of bike ten bikes? Yeah, and you're just going to go on this magical ride and just happen just, upon. Just come with me. Oh, hey, what's this going need? on? <laughs> oh, by the way, look at this basket. Look where you put in the basket. That's you guys some, want some, some donuts? Some durable basket material <laughs> yeah. there. I did see the other day somebody on a bike town bike with a coffee table in really? the basket. I that's, was like, that's great. No, that's, if you're going to some... put it on a bike that's not, you know, like a, a $2,500 <laughs> like surly du- big dummy or something, like I have to say the bike town bike would be a fantastic option. They're pretty so. hardy bikes. It's a very yeah. hardy bike. Yeah. It did not look like it was going <laughs> to. <laughs> like, there should be a hashtag like Bike Town behaving badly. Oh, yeah. Because, like, there's some, you know, I saw somebody trying to cross the Hawthorne Bridge instead of going underneath the, you know, the ramp. You know, you oh, can just easily they go. They just try to go across the lanes. They just try to go across the four lanes. Oh, yeah, no, no. Big, no big deal. No big deal. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's a little bit of a deal. Maybe not a big deal, but it's, it's a deal. It's like Bike Town behaving badly. That's, that's, like, a, that's, that's like, a thing. That's like uh, it's the I, next work, work, work zone WTF. I mean, I, it's I, the I same. Put, uh, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like that's up there in the category of like wrong way down MLK like when, or something like or, that. Or wrong way down. Across the Hawthorne Bridge at AM peak hour, like, sure. come on, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I if it's a bike town, I will give a little bit of leeway. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, like, one, it's a it's a bike town, so it's a bike share bike. Okay, maybe maybe they don't know. Maybe no, they're from out of town. Maybe it's true. totally from ignorance. And if it's not, if you know, hey, at least you're doing it on a bike town. Because yeah. <laughs> you'll be protected. There's a lot of metal there. there yep. It's a hardy bike. <laughs> uh, 
On August 26th, we have Cycle in the City Bike Party in Edmonton, thanks to Glenn Kubish. Yes. And August 27th, 28th, like we just mentioned, Dirty Selwood. Oh, yeah, Dirty Selwood. September 1st, we have Film by Bike in Petoskey, Michigan, Eugene, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and Charlevoix, Michigan. And you you did your research. I did my research. You said them all correctly. Petoskey? Petoskey, Michigan. Is this Petoskey. like Detroit suburb or what? Oh no, it's way out there. Oh, it's it's, it's uh, maybe UP. It's so is this far UP? out there? So it's, far out no, there, no. it took me two episodes to pronounce <laughs> the name right. <laughs> it's kind of close to Traverse City. It's probably closer to Mackinac City than Traverse City. <laughs> Sorry. Peter and I are exchanging uh, <laughs> yeah, it is meaningful Oregonian glances yeah, across we don't the understand. table. <laughs> do, do, I, do I do the thing? Yeah, do I do where's the so, UP? Okay. So, Come on, know. give me the hand. Give yeah, me the hand. Am I doing this right? No. It's right? Yeah, okay. So Traverse City. He's, like he's got the hand up. Yes. Yeah. Mackinac City is like, you know, it's like right by the Yeah, right. The Mackinac, Mackinac Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think Petoskey's like somewhere. Oh, just okay. southwest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, from... What I know of Petoskey, I've actually never been there. Okay. It's a really small town, though. Like, kind of way out there. Hmm. Uh, well, there's a call to action. Bring film by bike. I mean, to it Petoskey. doesn't cost that much money, so bring, I think, bring uh, it to your city. Why? Yeah. Is I mean, this is amazing. If this, it's, well, this if is it, a, that's an excellent if question. If they made uh, it in Petoskey, <laughs> they can make it anywhere. Exactly. So, Come on. For Petoskey, and I'll need to double check on this, um, as I don't handle that element of our film's coordination, but I believe a film which was in the festival for this year, there was the... Um, uh, what was it? The the striking the earth or the the one where they're like very ruggedly building trails. I, I, oh I, I yeah, could that be was wrong, good story. And I'm absolutely prepared to be wrong about this, but I think that that film has some sort of relation to Petoskey. Okay, right? there you uh, go. So I need to look into this oh, okay. a bit more, but that okay. that would lead me at least down a theoretical pathway towards a yeah. showing of Petoskey. If you're a so, bike advocacy. You know, if you have an organization, if you want a fundraiser, I think film mm-hmm. by bike is one smart idea it's, yeah, to bring it's to a your great community. Way. Find a find a you know, you probably do it with a pretty simple you know PowerPoint uh, yep. or a computer yeah. and a projector and just, just get you know, have a, some uh, ads at the start and then yeah. play the videos. And that's what folks will use it for. Is yeah. it's that perfect fundraising element? They do have a nonprofit discount as well, so it makes it very affordable for your organization. Oh come on, to share yes. the bike love. And you know there might be other dates in which film by bike is in other cities. I honestly haven't checked. Oh the yeah, tour there's blog a, in a while. there's a on tour. So we've got uh, one coming up in London and another um, in Bendigo, Australia as well as a few wow. else around. So, so lots, lots to, in the U.S. Go to the Film by Bike site and check their tour yeah. schedule. If there might be one near touch. you. <laughs> On October 6th, we have the AMLX Challenge. Yes, the Allegheny Mountain Loop Cross Challenge. On October 6th through the 8th, we have our Youth Bicycle Summit. Yay, kids on bikes. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. From bikeportland.org, Adaptive Bike Town program brings new riders to the fore. Yay! This is something I've... It, it kind of comes close to home in that like I've, I've lived with and worked with a, a lot of people with disabilities and... And one such in particular that, like, really wanted to get a, on a bike, and we just couldn't make it happen for her. Mm. Um, 
So it's really cool that not only is uh, adaptive bicycles more accessible, um, they've always actually kind of been a little accessible through curb bikes, uh, mm-hmm. but now it's a bike share program. And as the article from Bike Portland reads, the new Adaptive Bike Town program will be operated as a rental service and will offer a mix of tandems, hand-cycled, and three-wheeled bikes. The program is open to people with disabilities, seniors, and those who qualify for a TriMet Honored Citizens Pass. Those who want to rent one must register in advance, and the cost is $5 per hour, or three hours for 12. About 10 bikes will be available at Care Bikes located conveniently on the East Bank Esplanade Path just south of OMSI. Right next the, to the volcano. Right next to the volcano. <laughs> Actually, pretty much is, yeah. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really cool that uh, Bike Town kind of got behind this. Um, I know these these bikes have been in existence, and there was mm-hmm. a, uh adaptive bicycle meetup uh, long running for a, for a while. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that it's now like a, a formal bike mm-hmm. share program is it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's really great to see that. Yeah, um, and that was our only headline. But for the first time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so here's the thing. It turns out we have been getting mail. I just haven't been getting mail. Oh, so it's, is it is it messages like, why haven't you been reading my mail? Aaron? I wish. Well, oh. maybe those are those are coming. Oh, okay. Uh, these have all, so, you know, because Brock will be out in the woods and then he'll come back and then uh, forward them on oh, to me. Oh, gotcha. And... Um, they will sometimes just go straight to the sprocket mail folder that I set up in my Gmail, and mm-hmm. I forget <laughs> to check it. <laughs> so we for, didn't forget you; we just forgot to check it. I, uh, yeah. So my apologies, but we got mail. Hey, we got mail. And uh, first off. Let's go with a couple of texts from Ranger Tom. We'll skip ahead while I load the first one there. For our first text, today my son, and this is from Ranger Tom, today my son was in a car bike collision while riding Mount, near Mount Tabor. He has some injuries but will recover. I witnessed the crash and felt the horror of a helpless parent. As we approached a red light T intersection at the steep downhill, he passed me and began to scream that his brakes weren't working. A second later, he was into the intersection striking a passing suv he was launched over the hood and tumbled onto the sidewalk he stood and apologized then fell i'd like to share a few thoughts one the driver heard my son yell and had the sense to slow his already reasonable speed and look for a hazard he showed tenderness after the collision thank you two dornbecker's emergency people people not staff not officers people provided expert and reassuring care thank you Three, bystanders ran to us with blankets and cell phones, many in tears. Portland citizens showed us great kindness under terrible circumstances. We are new to town. Thank you. One last note. His brakes work fine. I shared with him many things, but I overlooked emergency braking. He was on the hoods trying to stop. I'm processing that as a parent and as a rider that took on responsibility of teaching another. That oversight feels awful. Caleb and I will be riding again, and we'll have, we will wave at all of you. See you soon. Ranger Tom. Yeah, I'm glad he's all right. Like, so as I'm reading this, uh, where is it? Uh, he says uh, his son, yeah, uh, struck the SUV, launched over the hood, and tumbled onto the sidewalk. <sighs> Stood up, apologized, and then fell. Yeah. Man. So I got <sighs> to that part, and I was just like, like teeth just 
shattering. Like, oh no, mm-hmm. what happened? That's the start of every every story. You, you you yeah, you just wonder. Oh gosh, how how's that ending gonna go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so thankfully, in our case, uh, very happy to hear the cable will yeah. be riding again. And um, the emergency staff uh, in the in the emergency room actually signed his helmet. Which is going to be retired because he was in a crash. Which, which is it, very yeah. sensible. Yeah. Uh, but they all signed his helmet with, like, encouraging remarks. Um, one in which said, like, keep biking, which nice. I think is really awesome. You know, uh, the few times I've talked to uh, nurses or emergency staff, uh, a lot of them seem to tell me about the horror stories that mm-hmm. they hear about bike crashes. And, yeah, that's and been my experience really cool as well. it's really cool to see that, like, they still you know, gave these encouraging remarks to yeah. Caleb. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the power of, you know, low speeds. I mean, yeah. You know, that, that crash, I mean, that's, that's, that, the fear, you know, my, my, you know, I was going to say, the, have the, you witnessed any uh, with your my, kids? my 10 year old coming down North interstate, right? Mm. Where we grew oh, up. Yeah. Uh, her, that's pretty steep. Brakes locked up and she fishtailed a little bit. Ugh. And, you know, it's just that sort of like you're going at 25 yeah. and, and yeah. you have a 10-year-old that, you know, her bike was fine. She braked fine. But, you know, when you brake too hard, Once this brakes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yep. everything was fine. I was, you know, my heart dropped to the floor <laughs> even and, and I don't even know. She was a little bit. She knew there was something going on, mm-hmm. but didn't really understand. Especially with the fatals we've had at that Hell location, yeah. yeah. We eliminated that right turn conflict. So some of the things that we've done, you know, pretty pretty smart things over time. But you, you know, yeah, uh, you, you have to. You know, it goes back to speed, right? Yep. If that car would have hit him at a higher speed. So yeah. good news is, yeah, you got to teach your kids and safe routes to schools mm-hmm. does that and so thanks to the oregon legislature and for the city to like you know do that that is commensurate in all dutch schools right it's like ah. going back to everything it's like <laughs> you know the kids don't if they haven't been on their bikes um yeah they you know they don't they don't know the emergency braking they don't know mm-hmm. those things so that's so important yeah. gosh yeah sorry to like oh no you're good go into that like downward spiral of no, like, no. that's i mean holy cow i mean as as someone who doesn't have children or, or oh, yeah or oh it hits home won't. it like, hits yeah, home when you're I, biking I don't know if i could empathize i could certainly sympathize with him oh but, yeah. I, you know, yeah i mean you know i'm biking alone and i'm i'm a different person when i have you know mm-hmm. uh you know a 10 year old with me it is something i think about with like you know my nieces are getting older and um i have one niece that is about to graduate high school i would love to like have her come out and hang out with me you know before she goes on to college but it is one thing I think about of like, you know, well, do I want to like introduce her to like riding around Portland, like as her introduction to riding in a city, mm-hmm. you know, well, going back to that discussion about Houghton, there were parents that in Houghton that were like, I don't know if my kids can go to another Dutch city and bike. Oh, really? Because Houghton is so, so well structured. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you, I think wherever you are, you have this like mm. Everywhere else could be a little more scary, and and, and yeah. that's you know that is true. I mean, it's so. I know, um, and it, it's probably not relevant in this particular instance, but our shop has looked at putting on uh, what we'd probably call advanced commuting courses. Uh-huh. So you you have your your typical commuting where you're getting the basics, you're getting safe practice and sort of um, interaction within the roadway, and then we've always thought it would be nice to take it 
sort of to like a Portland level in that context and be like, all right, here's all the other stuff that's like even better to look out for ah. in in terms of getting safely throughout the city. And I'm not sure exactly what that would look like, but streetcar like, rails. Yeah, yeah, that would no, not, that would 100 percent be dodge in there. The streetcar rails. You're talking to somebody who has oh. swore four years ago he'd never do it, and then this winter took another spill on the rails. Uh, so, you're not a Portland resident and, and, until and, you've got and, your and that's your exactly what I tell story. people. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm for my third one. I'm just going to get it tattooed on me. Uh, <laughs> But that being said, so I think that there's definitely um, a desire out there for that type of education, and that's something we see relatively often. So it would be pretty trust, fun to do. The Street Trust does a little bit of that with the Bank oh, yeah. Challenge. Absolutely. So they go oh, yeah. To yeah. And it's not to say it's not out there. Yeah. It's to yeah. say that it's for those people who want oh, that yeah. and then even more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, good to hear that uh, Ranger Tom and his son is yeah, going to be glad that you're doing there. good there, Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Send us send biking. us a message if you if you feel well. If not, <laughs> thanks for listening and, yeah. and very happy to hear that that has a has a good ending there. And speaking of messages, here is an audio message from way back when David Robinson only had three hundred miles left on the Trans Am race. Hello, Sprocket, the podcast. This is DBR uh, from the Trans America Bike Race twenty seventeen. I'm somewhere in Virginia. Um, I've got uh, just just over 300 miles left to go, so I'm almost fucking there. Um, yeah, things are good, I guess. Uh, past two days since Hazard, Kentucky, I've been uh, riding from about noon till 3:34 in the morning. Um, I've kind of discovered that when I stop to sleep, I end up sleeping for at least eight hours, regardless of how many alarms I set. Kind of <laughs> like, you know, sleep is good or something. Um, yeah, uh, I'm over the Appalachians. With any luck, uh, tonight I'll be over the Blue Ridge Mountains up on the parkway. Hmm. And then it's, you know... I mean, it's not downhill to the beach, but the beach is lower than the top because that's how stuff works. <laughs> yep, not really uh, He's at the... much else to report at the time being. I uh, am excited to get there and uh, not be riding bikes for a little while <laughs> because I like bikes, but... I've been riding them a lot. Not this and, much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, not riding bikes is nice, too, I remember, or I seem to recall. Um, so I'm going to press the button and stop talking, because it seems like I don't have anything else interesting to say. Hi. Bye. I love you, DBR. That was awesome. <laughs> was that call at 3 in the morning? <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I'm going to go 3 in the morning You think so? That. I was yeah. thinking... I was thinking, could be right as he woke up. Could be. It's either right as he woke up or right before he <laughs> goes that, down. There's for the a night. certain inflection and tonality of somebody who's just been doing that time after time, <sighs> oh. day after day. And I feel like yeah. he captures that essence very nicely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's got that 300 miles to go kind of voice. Yep. <laughs> I think it's more of a, I've done 2,700 miles. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet, but... 
We're also not that uh, far away. But anyways, that was a while ago. Mm. Uh, he's since finished the route, and Yay. he's back in Portland. Congratulations. So, uh, look forward to having him back on the show soon and uh, tell us more in depth uh, his exciting adventures across America. Uh, and we've also got a physical piece of mail. Ooh, nice. So also wasn't uh, wasn't getting to me because that all goes to Brock's house. And I didn't check his mail. We're playing catch up this week. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, this came to us from Greg in Santa Cruz, and it goes like this: Hey, Brock and Aaron and Guthrie. I added that myself. (laughs) I hope you're both well from listening to the show. It seems like there's a real summertime bike energy happening in Portland this time of year. But hey, enclosed is a copy of a CD from one of my bands, The Huxtables. Very unfortunate name. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like you guys are into the whole pop punk thing. Yes. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I will. A couple of things. I'm going to be in Portland July 18th, a Tuesday. And as part of a Oregon Coast bike tour that I'm doing, perhaps we can meet up. My Airbnb is right near dot, 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 the beer mongers oh. on Southeast Division and 12th. I feel like such a heel. <laughs> I did not get this in time. Um, and not only that, he actually... Um, I think he tweeted to us or texted to our our uh, our number, oh, and I still didn't get them in time. Like I checked the Twitter and and the Sprocket number occasionally, but still didn't get it. I feel like such a heel that like you know someone listens to us came from wherever. I don't I don't know. You could have come from like just up the street or whatever, but doesn't matter. You can't, Greg. You took the time to reach out to us, and I didn't I didn't reciprocate, and I feel bad. I'm sorry, Greg. I'll, I'll mail you a beer or something. I don't think I'm able to do that. That's probably not legal. But ah, just just don't tell you USPS. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. In the line when you go to ship something with them, they say like, "Is there any hazardous material in there?" Mm-hmm. Like, who actually says yes? Like, oh yeah. Well, you can't bring it. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, don't. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'll go to the other USPS. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I say, yeah. Let's let's send him a send him a patch. Send him a, a oh yeah beer non beer. Get in touch. Let us know how we can make it up to you, <laughs> please. And uh, we, we shall reciprocate. And one last thing, it wasn't actually in the notes because I forgot. But uh, a little Facebook post from Open Up. Damn it. That's a clever name. <laughs> Open up, damn it! He's one of the. <laughs> I think he comments on the city stuff. Though. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty sure he's on Bike Portland he does, too. Yeah. He does not like what we're doing. Open uh, up, damn it! That guy <laughs> never so, satisfied. That guy. <laughs> this came this came to us actually from Aqua super fan Aqua. Hey Aqua, who I ran into on Sunday. Good, you could not be confused with the open up, damn it! <laughs> right? Yes, not open up, damn it. Uh, fun story, she says. Met with someone who's friends with the owner, founder, etc. of. Lionheart Kombucha. I knew I should have sent a message to you the night of me talking to said person, but drunken aqua brain doesn't remember who it was now. <laughs> uh, I told him how Aaron is a huge fan, and the person I was talking to said they would talk to the owner slash founder slash etc. and tell them. I don't know how I could remember all of that, 
but I can't remember who it was that I was talking to. Anyways, hopefully you will now be officially sponsored by Lionheart. Also, be proud to know that I said Lionheart correctly. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank nice. you, Aqua. Great to hear from you, Aqua. I will have to say, if I'm going to drink kombucha, the only kombucha I will drink is Lionheart kombucha because I hear it so often <laughs> on the Sprocket podcast. So, Lionheart, come on. You got to – he doesn't even have a T-shirt. Well, He's not I even mean, wearing a T-shirt. Come I mean, on. Th- you know, in effect, they kind of do sponsor us in that, like, I don't pay for their drinks because <laughs> they come from the beer mongers on Southeast Division and That's a different sponsorship deal. <laughs> Thank you the, for the beer mongers for sponsoring – yeah, well, yes, thank you to the beer mongers. And also thank you for Lionheart, or to Lionheart for supplying the beer mongers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> it, all, it all connects. We'll get the rabbit hole figured out. <laughs> That's right. It's a reverse, reverse sponsorship. Uh, well, I guess that's it. We've reached the end of everything. And that wraps up another episode of the, Sprocket Podcast. The end of all of this episode. I was gonna say, I hope it's not the end. <laughs> oh, Jeez, no. what did I do? We'll be we'll be doing this till our dying breath and after, um, and then some, <laughs> and then some. <laughs> All right, ready? I'm ready. The Sprocket Podcast is produced produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio, thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter at the Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden, Eric Wise, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler, traveler. Zoe Campagna, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Keeley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Patrick Archain, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, Krista, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zeeson. Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's right there? Hey. Brandon Shelby. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regranary. Campsite Mac Nurse David. Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan. Michael Florney, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belias. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whiten, Whitman, EJ Finneran, Paul Culbertson. Brad Hibwell, Thomas Skato. Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagoner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, and Dennis O'Brien. And thanks to all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now go brush your teeth and go to bed. Yeah, sure, yeah, thanks sure. for coming. <laughs>